lay you down, baby. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast. Is Thursday night football ever going to get any, any good? Last night's game, absolute snooze fest. Offense is playing once again. Horrible. I apologize for the absolute depravity that was showing off last night. Hopefully, we'll get better games this weekend. We'll we'll see. Anyways, weekend predictions for the football games, as usual, as well as the recap for Thursday Night Football. And we'll talk about kind of the fallout for the game because there were some injuries for last night's game as well as kind of this like weird this like the the weirdness of offenses right like offenses aren't playing very well I'll kind of talk about like some of my thoughts on that more specifically in some of the quarterbacks and how I don't think there's like enough quarterbacks that are playing at a high level I don't think most of the quarterbacks right now are playing at a good level or great level or an elite level and we'll, we'll talk about it ladies and gentlemen can't wait to get into it right here 24 podcast. Young Gravy, Betty, get money. Jesus Christ. So, where do we begin? I know where to begin. Let me turn on the AC. It's already hot in here. It's already hot in here. Blazingly hot. Jesus Christ. So, let's start off with Tampa at Baltimore. That's where we'll start off. Okay, we'll start off from the the Baltimore Ravens perspective. I've been saying it all season. Baltimore's defense is a shell of itself. Baltimore's defense is not the reason why they're winning football games. It is essentially Lamar Jackson and Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker. That have been uh, essentially winning football games for the Baltimore Ravens. Let me spit out my gum. Hold on. I always chew gum and it's audibly like you can like audibly detect it. I apologize. I thought like the gain or not the gain, but like the gate was quiet enough where it wouldn't detect it, but it does. And plus it's just like a habit that I, I chew a lot of gum. I do chew a lot of gum back to football, back to Baltimore, back to Tampa Bay. So, last night I watched the game, I watched Baltimore, and I said to myself, the team will go the way 
that Lamar Jackson goes. If Lamar plays badly, the team plays badly. If Lamar plays great, team plays great. Second half of the football game after Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens offense really didn't do a whole lot. Lamar Jackson in the offense starts to pop off. They start to run the football. Lamar Jackson has some nice plays. Some, some happens. And then they win by, I think, almost double digits. It was pretty much a blowout. What was the final score? I don't even remember the final score. I was hoping that this game was going... Oh, no, they didn't win by double digits. They kind of did. But Tom and the Bucks, they had battled back and they'd scored a touchdown super late, making it 27-22. to 22. It didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like it was that close. It didn't feel like it was 27 to 22. It didn't feel like a good game, to be honest with you, because both quarterbacks for the majority of the game didn't play very well. Especially in Tom Brady's case. But once again, we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about it. But the main takeaway from that game for me was and is Baltimore is now an offensive football team. Baltimore is now a quarterback-driven football team. And Baltimore needs Lamar Jackson to be a successful football team, to win games. And I said it about three, four months ago. I was shocked when they didn't pay him. And a lot of teams, and it was specifically because Lamar was asking for Deshaun Watson money. And a lot of people were like, the Ravens are a smart organization. The Raven won't do that deal. They won't follow in the Browns' footsteps. The Browns made a mistake by paying Deshaun Watson. I agree. But I don't think that you then apply that knowledge, that knowledge and say, well, you don't pay Lamar because the Browns paid Deshaun Watson. I think you say, well, no, like Lamar's the most important football player on your team. He's easily the best, easily the best. And last night they won with a fourth round draft pick in Isaiah Likely, who I really, really like, essentially as their primary target. I don't get it. And people are like, yeah, you know, uh, you know. Lamar's just not very good. We shouldn't pay him. I'm like, I would have given him the fully guaranteed $200 million contract that he wanted two, three months ago because now he's going to scalp you. And that's exactly what I said when he was done negotiating. I was like, if he, if he goes off this year, which in my opinion, he semi-has, but I think more importantly than him like having a good statistical year, I think he has proven, wait a second, um, if I'm not here, we lose four, maybe five of the five wins that we have. We're five and three. We're a playoff team. But without me, we're one of the worst teams in the NFL. I don't know what happened to the corner, Marlon Humphreys, for the Baltimore Ravens. He's terrible. I mean, not terrible, but he's not one of the top 10 cornerbacks in the NFL. And he was that essentially two, three years ago. I don't know what happened to him. He's now just washed. He's like a below average to average cornerback at times, especially when covering deep. He gets cooked. I didn't even know if Marcus Peters played. I don't really care. And it seems 
and I'll say it again, it seems like their defense has suffered with Wink Martindale, the former defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, being fired or leaving the Baltimore Ravens organization and then going to the New York Giants. I think that has had a negative effect on the Baltimore Ravens. But yes, the Baltimore Ravens, I'm shocked that they didn't pay Lamar Jackson. He is the, he's the V8 engine in that Dodge Challenger Hellcat that they run out on Saturdays, excuse me, on Sundays and occasionally Mondays and Thursdays. He's the V8 in the Hellcat. He's the most important piece of the team. And they're like, we'll skimp. We won't pay him. Okay. He may take $250 million guaranteed next year. He may not be a Baltimore Raven. And in my opinion, if the Baltimore Ravens can't figure it out, if they can't figure out their offensive coordinator, I think Greg Roman is a joke. I think he's terrible. I think he's holding Lamar Jackson back. I think he's been holding Lamar Jackson back for years. He's had weapons on weapons on weapons. Can't figure it out. Can't figure it out. Can't figure out a dynamic, awesome quarterback like Lamar. And if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm not putting up with it. I'm making phone calls. I'm like, hey, I want out. You guys let Hollywood Brown out? I want out. You can have the three first-round draft picks, but do you want to know what? They can't win against the Bengals without Lamar Jackson. They can't. They have to have Lamar. You can't roll out a scrub against Joe Burrow in Cincinnati with Jamar Chase. That's not going to work. They need another guy if they are going to move on from Lamar. And that guy has to at the very least be as good as Lamar. And Lamar is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But he's been inconsistent. We'll talk about it. But you can't, if you're Baltimore, you're 5-3, and three, nail in the coffin, you have to pay Lamar Jackson whatever he wants. You have to now. There is no negotiations. The negotiations are over. Pay him his fucking money. Get him some fucking offensive linemen. Get him like maybe another one. I don't know what has happened with your defense, but you need to start selling some fucking assets. The pro- they're not going to right now. The trade deadline is, I think, November 1st. You're not trading anybody now because you're still, quote-unquote, in the playoff race. I think they're a first or a second-round exit. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I don't care how good Lamar Jackson played in the second half. I don't care. They're not a Super Bowl contender. But the Ravens collectively are in trouble if they don't figure this thing out with Lamar Jackson very, very soon. Because he is definitively the best player on their team. They do not have an elite pass rusher. They do not have an elite corner. They don't have an elite linebacker. And they think, and they, Baltimore is acting with an air of pretentiousness. They think that their defense is better than it actually is. It's not. They think their offense without Lamar is going to be better than it actually is. And it's not. It would be terrible. Again, Baltimore would be terrible without Lamar Jackson. That was like my main takeaway. I was like, oh, if Lamar plays like crap, then they lose. But even if Lamar Jackson, for example, scores 17 points, all three of their losses, they're five and three, all three of their losses have come from the Baltimore Ravens being up 17 points at some point in the game. And then because of 
a stalemate of their offense and then also because their horrendous defense they concede that 17 point lead which is three scores by the way 17 points that's three scores you are up by three scores categorically they concede a three score lead because their defense is terrible and their offense becomes stale and that has been their three losses that's insane that's just like that is so many different things. That's like, oh my God, that's bad coaching, potentially. We've got to talk about John Harbaugh, because if you want my honest opinion about it, John Harbaugh can go before Lamar Jackson can go. And let me show you why. Let me show you why. And I hate the whole, the Ravens have been historically a great organization. The Ravens have been this, the Ravens have been that. Let me show you something. And I said this, when the whole Lamar Jackson, pay him, don't pay him conversation was starting to pop off. Let me show you something. So the Baltimore Ravens, they're a good organization, right? So in 2012, they won the Super Bowl. 2012, they won the Super Bowl. Want to guess how many times they went to the playoffs? I got it. Before Lamar Jackson, by the way, was there. I got it right now. I got it. Keep in mind, Lamar Jackson went to the Baltimore Ravens, got drafted by the Baltimore Ravens, 32nd overall pick in 2018. Take a shot. How many times they went to the playoffs? They went to the playoffs one time from 2012 to 2017. 2018, they went back to the playoffs with Lamar. But from 2012 to 2012, excuse me, to 2017, they went to the playoffs one time. They then went on a three-year streak of going to the playoffs with Lamar Jackson in 2018, 2019, 2020. The only time that they haven't gone to the playoffs was last year when everybody, including Lamar Jackson, was hurt in 2021. And this year, it seems like they're about to do it again. Seems like they're about not not go to the playoffs, but it seems like they are going to the playoffs. Especially because they have a little bit over half of the win totals this year that they had last year. They have five wins. They had they have five wins this year. They had eight the year previously. Again, do not be pretentious. Do not think that you are better than you actually are. Do not be snobbish, Baltimore. You are not a good football team. You are a doormat without Lamar. Especially now. You are a doormat before he even got there. You are especially a doormat when he is there. Or, excuse me, if he isn't there now. And even worse yet, you would be in a worse fucking, worse fucking predicament. Because you don't have a number one wideout. It's always in contentious, in contention. With, like, Rashad Bateman, like, we don't necessarily, like, he didn't have a great game last night. Like, they've been trying to figure this thing out for years. Four years. And they still haven't. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's insane. It's insane to me. They drafted Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton is not as good as they want him to be, obviously. Yeah, two tackles last night. 
Kyle Hamilton, you watch Baltimore, you don't see Kyle Hamilton at all, right? Kyle Hamilton was the best player at his position going into this draft, right? You don't see him at all. You don't notice him at all. And I've talked about it. And I'm like, he's kind of, he's not a bust, obviously. He's not a bust. But this is kind of why you don't draft a safety, you know? It's kind of why you don't draft a safety. And it's like, yeah, Kyle Hamilton, awesome football player, da-da-da-da-da. But they drafted him, like, super high in the first round. I think they probably could have gotten Chris Olave or Jamison Williams or one of those guys. Let me, let me, uh, let me check it out. Hold on. Let me check it out. I want to see, could they have gotten Chris Olave or one of the wideouts or one of the, one of the defensive players? They get Kyle. They got Kyle Hamilton at 14. So Olave and, and uh, Garrett Wilson were gone, but you know, that's fine. But they also could have gotten Jahan Dotson. Who's been awesome for the commanders. And realistically, you want my honest opinion about it? They could have and should have drafted Kenneth Walker with their... They should have probably... They should have drafted Kenneth Walker, I feel like, this year. They should have drafted him late in the first, but they spent that on Tyler Linderbaum, who everybody liked, including myself. They should have drafted, I don't know, maybe Tyler first, and then you go home to the bank, and then you run home. And then you fucking get Kenneth Walker. Because I hate that Lamar Jackson also has to be their main guy in the running game. I mean, Baltimore is just bad, man. I think they're just bad across the board. And Lamar Jackson has to make magic happen every single week. And I've noticed this for the last couple of weeks. I'm like, anytime you lose a 17 point by um, a 17 point lead and you just shank that, I'm just like, oh my God, like this is, you're just, you're not, you're not very good. You're not very good. You're not being coached very well. I don't know if the players are contributing to it. They kind of are on defense because their defense isn't very good. And man, eye-opening game. Very eye-opening game. I wasn't one of the people that's like, mm, don't pay him. Mm, don't pay him. I wasn't one of those people. But I'm now like definitively, and I've thought about this for the last couple of weeks, but I'm like definitively. You will go into the offseason. There is no negotiations. This is a this is not a democracy. This is a dictatorship. You will give him his money. You will give him 200. It's it's like a light ask. It's, hey Lamar, how much money do you want? He says 300 million five years. You give him 300 million five years. It is not this difficult. He is your most valuable asset. He's your most valuable player. We can actually tie wins to him, like all of your wins to him. Give him his fucking money. You're a disgrace, Baltimore. Get the fuck out of my face. Jesus Christ. I hate how Baltimore is using their reputation of, well, I'm a good, well, we're a good organization, so we know how, like, we know what to do, and da 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 da. We won't do what the Browns do. We won't give in to one player. I'm like, this motherfucker is essentially your offensive version of Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis is the most important fucking football player on that foot in the football team's history, defensively. Lamar is your most important football player offensively. Pay him his money. Shut up. Get out of my face. Moving on. Let's talk Tampa. 
before I get on to Tom Brady, you know what? I will start here. No, no, I'll I'll pause. I'll pause on Tom. We'll start out with uh, with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's awful. I think I said that they're done last week with their loss to the Carolina Panthers. This is coming off of a loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are now two games below 500 in eight games. I said, I've been saying throughout the week, I've been saying, look, I will give up. I will give you, excuse me, the teams that I think will go to the playoffs this year, the teams that I think will go to the playoffs this year, and the teams that I think will win their divisions as well. And through eight weeks, Tampa Bay is three and five. They're not very good. First time in, I think, Tom Brady's illustrious career, he is like, this bad record rise ever. And I can project. And I can usually get 12 out of 14 teams, 10 out of 14 teams. I know who's going to make it to the playoffs and I know who's not. Now, Tampa Bay is being hindered by their quarterback play, which we'll get into. But also, I think more importantly, it is being hindered by their head coach. I'm shocked at how terrible of a job Todd Bowles has done in check watch eight months since Bruce Arians quote unquote retired, but really he's not. He's like an assistant, I guess, executive in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. Todd Bowles, when he got promoted, I said wrong guy. It should have been Brian Leftwich. I don't know if Todd Bowles is having an influence on the play calling. I feel like he may, but Todd Bowles doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. This is the second time. In my opinion, he has an awesome team. He has an awesome defense. I don't get it. Tampa Bay, and I get it. Tom hasn't played great all season. He hasn't, he's really average. He's really average. Like he had 26 of 44 for 325 and one touchdown last night. But realistically, he got a lot of yards in the final couple of series of the game when the game was essentially over with. Todd Bowles is terrible. I mean, his defense played significantly unmotivated last night against the Ravens. He has some of the best defensive players in the NFL. And Shaq Barrett. But most importantly... And the fucking beast. The fucking beast. And Devin White. And they couldn't stop Lamar. They couldn't stop the Baltimore Ravens in the second half. And really, once Baltimore started to execute, it was just all over. They didn't have a fucking answer. I was shocked by it. But then, to be honest with you, this has kind of been the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the majority of the season. Has it not? Hold on. Okay, sorry. I just saw that Josh Primo. Josh Primo just fucking 
got waived by the Spurs and he's trending on Twitter right now. Oh, God. So sad. Spurs are super tanking. Sorry. I'm on Twitter. I'm just making sure I'm like dotting my eyes, crossing my teeth. Going back to Todd Bowles. Yeah, Todd Bowles. It reminds me so much of the Jets where you can give him any talent. You can give him Jamal Adams and he will never reach his height. He will never reach his peak. He will never reach his apex when he's being coached by Todd Bowles as a head coach. But for, he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. But head coach, he's terrible. It's god awful. Shaq, and the news gets worse. Shaq Barrett, he's out. He's done. He's their best player on the defensive line outside of Vita Vea. And really, he helped Vita Vea especially when he was rushing on the same side of the defensive line as Vita Vea because he can't double-team Vita Vea because it's just like, oops-a-daisies, now Shaq Barrett is free and clear. He's one-on-one. It's a huge blow to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Compounded by, once again, poor coaching, in my opinion, with Tampa. That Baltimore just took complete and full advantage of last night, and it was just... It was just a fucking route. Oh my god. <sighs> it was not a very good game for Tampa at all. And then on the flip side of that, Tom Brady exposed himself fully. And look, I haven't really commented as somebody whose parents are divorced and like understands how hard of like a situation that is for like kids for the kids involved and things of that nature and for the parents, I kind of like didn't talk about it whatsoever. And I didn't even want to like speculate on it because like it's super personal and private and it's like, there are kids involved and it's just like, it's awkward, man. And so I was, I wasn't going to talk about it, but until I got like actual information, but it's confirmed. Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchkin are getting divorced. And I feel for their family. Divorces suck. And um, I don't know. Like, I don't really want to talk about the divorce that much. And I don't really want to speculate that much on the divorce. But I guess this kind of means that Tom Brady can play or not. Can play, excuse me, next year. I don't know why he would want to. He hasn't played anywhere near the level that we have seen him play for the past five years, not even throughout his career. We can just like, he is 45 years old. We can just take this small snippet of like five years. We can just be like one of the greatest like stretches for a football player ever, regardless of age, where he's won like two Super Bowls. I think, what is it? Two, 2017? Yeah, like two Super Bowls. With two different teams. While also like. Very loudly being in contention for the MVP. I think he won it in 2018. Like it's a great career for Tom. The last five years. And he's just like this is the worst. And it's not even close. It's like 2019 doesn't even rival it. When Tampa. Not Tampa. When New England. uh, His final year in New England. Like wasn't very good. And New England had like statistically one of the best defenses ever. Like, this season doesn't rival that one. Like, it's not close. It's not a rivalry. It's a blowout. It's not a rivalry. It's an ass-whooping. It's like for a rivalry to, like, 
be a thing. You actually have to like compete and potentially win some games. It's like Tom is Tom's not very good. He's not. He's not playing like a, like a very good quarterback, to be honest with you. And I thought he was going to retire after this year. I don't know if he will, to be honest with you. It sucks that his personal life and his professional life seem to kind of like be in kind of like dire restraints here at the exact same time. And I don't really know how he recovers from it outside of just like, I mean, I don't, like, I don't fucking know, man. Again, I feel so awkward talking about this, but I feel like I need to because I think it can and will affect whether or not he plays in next year's uh, 20, 2023 season. And then on top of that, you look at the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? You look at them. Hold on. I got it. I gotta like fucking pause the uh pause my fucking I was watching The Office on my DVD player and I haven't been watching baseball ever since the the Dodgers got eliminated from the uh the World Series, but apparently it's uh it's fucking it's going on right now. Oh, it's on Fox, right? MLB. Where is where is the fucking World Series being played at? Like, is it seriously on the fucking, is it seriously on, like, the MLB show? Not the MLB show. What's it called? The, um, the MLB Network? Where is it? Hold on. Where is the, like, I'll take a quick bath bathroom break. But where is the World Series being broadcast? Yeah, it's on Fox, right? Yeah, but then like Fox on my on my uh on my TV is like, yeah, we just don't have the game. I'm like, you don't have the game? I thought it was on Fox. I don't know. Um let me use the bathroom really, really quickly, and I'll come back and we'll finish this this discussion on Tom. Yeah, it like it just it just doesn't show it on my DVR because it's like it's eleven thirty at night, so they're just and it's bottom of the eight. It's five five. It's like it's what it's five five one out. Uh, the Astros are up, which is why I'm like, oh, I gotta watch it now. But um, I'll take a quick bathroom break here. I'll come back and then we'll discuss Tom Brady and hopefully nothing awesome happens in the World Series. But anyways, I'm piecing out. Not I'm piecing out. I'll take a quick break and then I'll come back in a couple of minutes. Twenty fourth podcast.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. 24th podcast. I'm back after a short break. All right. Let's talk about, let's continue talking about uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We talked about Todd Bowles and we talked about how Todd Bowles and uh, the coaching I fear is subpar and how it is negatively affecting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensively and defensively. As I was talking about Todd Bowles, I was then about to get into a little bit of a discussion with Tom Brady and how I think Brady is just, and he's just not playing at a suitable level anymore, and he should probably retire after this season. And I stand by that, and I just, I I don't know how much longer they can keep up this charade. But I think further than that, I think you look ahead for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you look to see like, well, okay, Tom obviously isn't the guy anymore. He's not the guy that he once was. I don't think he'll revert back. I don't think he's just having a bad season. I mean, the year that they won the Super Bowl, I think he had like a torn PCL or parts of his PCL that were like broken or something like that. Like it was, he was playing through like a significant injury in the super, in the year that they won the Super Bowl, and he looked awesome. And he just doesn't look like that version of Tom. So I don't know what's going on, but Tom and the Bucks. I think I think specifically the Bucks. They have like a serious discussion to have in the sense of like. Yeah, like, who's going to be the next guy? I talked about it, I think, Wednesday, where I was like, they have Kyle Trask, and that's kind of it. But then, they're not bad enough. I mean, they kind of are bad enough where they could potentially get some new quarterback in the draft, right? Because they're 3-5. and five. Let me, like, look at the standings really, really quickly. My internet is a little bit busted. Okay, never mind, it's not. Standings are, they are 3-5. and five. The Lions are, I mean, first and foremost, their division is a mess. They may, they're going to have to get through their division. Panthers are 2-5. and five, Saints are 2-5. and five, So they're going to have to lose more games than those two teams. And they could potentially lose more games than the Saints because they always lose against the Saints outside of this year where they took the game against the Saints, ironically enough, in one of Tom Brady's worst years. But then the Lions are definitively the worst team in the conference at 1-5. and five. They're terrible. They're god-awful. And then it's just like there's a bunch of three and four teams as well in the NFC. And then the other like horrifying team that could potentially get a quarterback next year is the Texans at one and four. But we'll see. We'll see what happens overall. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just up a creek without a fucking paddle. I don't know what they're going to do about Tom. I think they should probably move on from him. And I think his contract is up this season as well. So they technically like have that ability to just hold on. Excuse me. Sorry about that. I had to seize. They can like cleanly get away from Tom Brady this off season. Let me look this up on over the cap. <clears throat> Bucks. What's Brady's contract? Brady's contract is, yep. 
He's going to hit free agency in 2023. Or he can, I guess, hit free agency. I think his contract is void during the 2023 uh, season. But he'll be 46 next season. So, you know, it is what it is. It's like, if you're Tampa, or not even Tampa, but if you're like, because I've seen people be like, Tom's coming to the 49ers, which I think if he still plays would be a better fit than Tampa. I think that would be a great fit, actually. And I think, like, everybody's like, Trey Lance, Trey Lance, Trey Lance. Again, I don't think Trey Lance is very good. I don't think he's ready. I don't think he was ready this year. Because, again, he lost to the Bears. How do people, like, not recognize that the 49ers with Trey Lance didn't beat the Bears? And they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're like, yeah, we'll just... We'll just forget about that. We'll forget that he that he didn't beat the Bears, that he lost to them opening night or opening day against them. It's insane that people are just like, nope, we won't uh, we won't focus on that at all. It's just like, what? Yes, he lost. Trey Lance lost to the Bears week one, and they just don't care. But. I think the 49ers are such an interesting team for Tom. And I think the 49ers, I think Tom is an interesting player for the 49ers. They have Christian McCaffrey. They have Debo Samuel. They have Brandon Ayuk. They have George Kittle. They have all of the players. They have all of the assets that you would want for Tom Brady. That like all makes sense. It's like they, they have the, uh, the deep threat in Brandon Ayuk. They have the uh, They have the route runner. They have multiple. I mean, Technically, Debo can also like be a quote-unquote deep threat, but they have a lot of versatility on the team at wideout. They have inarguably one of the best tight ends in the NFL in George Kittle, and then they have one of the best running backs in the NFL in Christian McCaffrey now because they got him, and then they have Trent Williams. They have some really, really awesome defensive players in Fred Warner and Nick Bosa, and they are just stacked, absolutely stacked. But they just, they still, after three, four, maybe five years of like trying to find the guy at quarterback, they still have not found the guy at quarterback. And it shows in their inability to be consistent, in their inability to win football games. See Chiefs versus 49ers, where the Chiefs beat them, I think, 44 to 22 or 24 or something ridiculous like that. It was by 20 points. For the most part. And it was just as convincing of a loss to tell you that this team will not be, in my opinion, a Super Bowl contender. And if they do get to the Super Bowl, they'll get blown out by whoever goes to the by whoever comes out of the AFC. I think people that are like Tampa or not Tampa, but the 49ers are a Super Bowl contender are insane. Get them out of my face. Please and thank you. Did I say Tampa isn't a Super Bowl contender? I meant to say the 49ers. I apologize. But I say all of that to say that, I maybe not to say anything, but more along the lines to reiterate that the Bucs are done. They may make it to the playoffs because their division is horrifying. Lee bad, 
They're horrifying. They're terrible. They're three and five. The Bucks are. And they are second place in their division, and they are one game behind the Falcons, who they have a game on. If the Falcons, I forgot who the Falcons are playing up against. We'll talk about it in a couple of minutes. But if the Falcons beat whoever they're playing up against this weekend, they'll be the one seed in their division with the Saints and the Bucks. The Saints, by the way, are the worst team in their division at two and five. Panthers are two and five, but Panthers somehow, some way have the tiebreaker. So that's how that works. Disappointing year coming out of Tampa. But those are my thoughts on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Baltimore Ravens. Let me unplug my computer first. Hold on. Before we continue forward. So, kind of like this theme that I've noticed about the NFL this season is for the first time in a very long time, quarterback play is at an all-time low We can look at the Broncos with Russell Wilson. We can look at the inconsistency of Lamar Jackson. We can look at the inconsistency of Kyler Murray. We can look at fucking Tom Brady. We can look at Aaron Rodgers. Like, some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL are playing like shit. There's really only two guys. There's three. There's three guys that I would say, okay, these are definitively, like, guys that are playing at Good, um, good, great, and elite levels. Like, top class, they're not average, below average, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, like, obviously the two big boys that you that you and I know, Patrick Mahomes and also Josh Allen. But then you have to include Jalen Hurts, the Eagles quarterback, who's played pretty well this season. Now, I think to some degree Jalen Hurts has... I mean, look, Jalen Hurts... Let me show you something. Okay, boom. That, this proves my point. Jalen Hurts is on pace to throw for about 12 touchdowns this season, four interceptions. Like the rate, the the ratio is there, right? It's like three to one, which is what you want. But the volume is extraordinarily low when it comes to the touchdowns. Like he had two touchdowns against the Cowboys. But then he had zero against the Cardinals, zero against the Jags. By the way, his passer rating for those two games plummeted, plummeted, fell off a cliff. He had three against the Commanders and then one against the Vikings. But Vikings, excuse me. But then he also had uh, the interception. And then he had zero against the Lions. In a game, by the way, in which they scored like 40 points. And some people are going to tell me, well, 24. He's a running quarterback. He's a rushing quarterback. He gets all of his touchdowns in the running game. And in that, I would say to you, yes, he does. And he does. Is. He does get a lot of production in the running game. And he does get a lot of touchdowns in the running game. And that's specifically because they are able and capable of getting the football in the red zone. And I think that like that is a correct analysis. But I also think the inability to score outside of the red zone is important. And he just doesn't have any production, essentially, outside of the red zone. And I don't think it's going to last. But if you're wondering how many touchdowns does he have, like, inside, not inside the uh, red zone, excuse me, but, like, rushing, he has six. 
So he's, if we like take into account everything, he's like, if we like add up all of his touchdowns, it's like, it makes a little bit more sense. Like it's 12 and two, which is great, obviously, but not the passing touchdowns, which is lacking, which is kind of problematic when you think about it. Kind of is. Eh, maybe not. Maybe not. I was about to say it kind of is, and then it's just like you look at his numbers, but it can, it can, it can be problematic. And the reason why I say it's kind of problematic um, is because he's not throwing the football to guys, or not. it's not that he's not throwing the football, but it's not like he's... like. He lacks production in the passing game when he has awesome targets to throw the football to when it comes to touchdowns. That's like the issue. And that's kind of my worry. It's not a big worry now because they're winning games, but we'll see in a couple of weeks. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways. Moving on. Jalen, but I started to have this conversation about like, because I, I just fell off the wagon. I just got super distracted. I apologize. But my, the conversation that I was trying to like start was essentially that there aren't any, like there's, there's like a inconsistency with quarterback play. And it's like super obvious when there's only like three guys that are at the top of the top. Right. And like everybody else is like questionable. Like Joe Burrow has had like, inconsistent stretches he seems to have had like a really really awesome two weeks like he's back to playing like Joe Burrow but he's also had like some really really bad weeks as well like the first two weeks where he lost to the Cowboys and the and the uh and the Pittsburgh Steelers yikes you know so like Lamar Jackson we've talked about Kyler Murray like all of these guys like Dak Prescott who I've been extraordinarily high on Justin Herbert like all of these guys have just been like, well, like, what is going on? And Dak, it, like, even though Dak has been hurt for the majority of the season, the one game that we saw before last week's game, last week's game against the Bucks was terrible. That's what I'm talking about. I can't really put my finger on it. I remember Nick Wright was talking about how offenses haven't figured out shell coverage. I think they have. It's just shell coverage. If you don't know shell coverage two deep safeties and a light box, right? That's essentially what shell coverage is. It's, it's not the Tampa two where you have two deep safeties and three linebackers and four defensive linemen. It's now it's a lighter box. It's two deep safeties and, uh, two linebackers and four defensive linemen, meaning that you can more easier, easily run the football because they're going to play nickel the defense is going to play nickel, which just means five defensive backs, and they can't have another committed linebacker on the football field to help stop the run. It's one of the many, many, many reasons why teams just don't run the football anymore with fullbacks because they like having lighter boxes, and they would prefer to have a lighter blo- uh, box than somebody who potentially puts another body inside the box and who could potentially, uh, and who could potentially like make a play on the ball and, you know, clog up holes and things of that nature. So that's why if you're wondering, like, why don't teams run with fullbacks anymore? It's because it's just, like, they want lighter boxes. I think offenses have found ways to get around the shell coverage. I just, I think quarterbacks just aren't playing well this year. And I can't really put my finger on it except for just, like, 
making that obvious observation. It's just like guys aren't playing well. It's like there's three guys that I think are in the top 10 definitively of the at the quarterback position this year. And then it's just like everyone else is just like, eh, like I don't know. Like, I love how everybody's just like Dak Prescott's overrated. He He's overpaid. And it's just like, how do you feel about Lamar Jackson right now outside of, and I love Lamar, but Lamar has also played inconsistent. And that's a huge problem. Because I feel like they probably would have been one of the, one of the better overall teams in the conference. And technically they are at five and three, but I feel like it would have been more definitive if, if we got more consistent play from Lamar. In my opinion. And I think the same thing goes with Joe. And like Kyler. Where it's just like. They would have been. They would have put their teams in better positions. If they were just more consistent. And they're just not. I think that's easily the issue. It's just like. A lack of fucking consistency. And they're just. Not very good at that. God it's so weird. I just. I'm watching Fox right now. I love Gordon Ramsay. I love Hell's Kitchen. I still can't believe. I've. I've been watching Hell's Kitchen for almost 20 years. I still can't believe that show is go- going on. Do you want to know what? Watching Gordon Ramsay, like, watching like an ad for Hell's Kitchen makes me want to watch Hell's Kitchen. I love Hell's Kitchen. Hmm. Anyways. Long, long story short, when it comes to quarterbacks, they're inconsistent. They're not playing well. I think the teams that will stabilize at quarterback will be some of the main contenders for teams like the Eagles, like Tampa Bay, and like the Bills. I think those are going to be super interesting football teams and football games. The teams that can figure out the quarterback position. Especially in the playoffs. If they can figure it out, if they can get some production out of it, I think a lot of these teams are very vulnerable. A lot of these, like, quote-unquote, like, contenders, right? I think they are. I think the Eagles are, maybe not contenders, but I think a lot of the playoff teams, excuse me, are susceptible. Because their quarterbacks just can't duel. I always talk about, like, how if you're an NFL team, you need a quarterback to essentially like spar with other quarterbacks, right? Like you don't need somebody as good as Tom Brady was, or I guess as good as Patrick Mahomes is. You just need somebody who won't just like fall significantly short of a performance when he plays against them. When he plays against Patrick specifically, like you want somebody who can keep you in games, who can score points when you need to and to extend drives not necessarily keeping Patrick Mahomes on the football field, but if Patrick goes down and scores a touchdown, your guy can go down and potentially score a touchdown or field goal as well. Like, I think Kirk Cousins, to some degree, when he's, like, playing really, really well, is a great example of that, where it's just, like, he has the weapons, he has the offensive line, and he's a good enough player where it's just like, yeah, if I put him against Patrick Mahomes, he can potentially duel with him. I'm not like a huge fan of Kirk Cousins, especially this year, but he can potentially duel with, with, with Patrick. He has the weapons. He's a good enough player. I mean, he's playing like shit right now, to be honest with you. Maybe not shit, but he's like not playing as well as he definitively should be. But yeah, like, 
there you need a guy that can duel. And I think a lot of these quarterbacks that are in the NFL right now are playing at a substantially low level. And right now, if you want my honest opinion about it, they're not like, like it's, it's a bit of a fucking problem. Like they're not able to duel with certain quarterbacks. Like once the Baltimore Ravens game kind of got out of hand, it, it was just like, oh yeah, we, like he just, Tom can't duel with, with Lamar. He can't catch his team. He can't get his team back into the game. Even though they kind of did late in the game, but for the most part, it was just like it was over with. It was done. So, anyways. Let's get into the game day predictions, and then we will end the podcast. So, I'm going to kind of go through some of this stuff quickly. Broncos at Jags. Broncos are... One of the worst teams in the NFL. I'm done with the Jags, but I still think the Jags can and should beat the Denver Broncos because the Denver Broncos are just horrible. Terrible. I mean, we've waxed poetically with multiple rhapsodies about the Broncos and their horribleness. We don't need to go any further than that, but it's just, if you're a fan of either one of these two teams, I think... I think the Jags are better, but I think it's like, I think the Denver Broncos can and should be the team to like beat. But I think what's going to be so interesting about this game is that, quote unquote, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler and Bradley Chubb are like on the chopping block on the, you know, like, like are potentially going to be traded. I think that's so interesting because those are like some of their more important and best players that they're just gonna trade I guess so whatever we'll see I guess and we'll see how they play and we'll see if they play because you never want to fucking devalue assets but then again it's just like their GM isn't very smart so we'll see what happens Dolphins at Lions Lions are one of the worst teams in the NFL the Dolphins are kind of coming back after a weird win against the Pittsburgh Steelers where the pit by the way I have the Jags over the Broncos but the Dolphins, they had a weird game against the Pittsburgh Steelers where they almost lost that game, horrifyingly. And they just got out to such a fast start, to a fast lead. And they just crumbled immediately in the second half. It was ridiculous. Same thing went for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it was like 16 to 10. They almost beat, they almost lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And um, yeah, it was it was terrible to watch on Sunday Night Football. When I saw that game... When I was making my game day, uh, not even my game day predictions, but when I was just like looking at the schedule to see like what games were happening this weekend or last weekend, excuse me, I was just like, oh my God, we have Sunday night against the Dolphins and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Terrible game. Awful game. What a surprise. It was terrible. It was awful. But the Dolphins won it last weekend. I think the Dolphins win uh, against the Lions this weekend because the Lions are horrible. And we'll see what happens with the Dolphins from there. Dolphins are... Still kind of in playoff contention. Let me see it. Hold on. I think they still are, right? Yeah, they're four and three. Uh, they would maybe be a wild card team. They'd maybe be a wild card team. But Dolphins over Lions. Lions are terrible. Panthers at Falcons. I'm taking the Panthers. Maybe it's because P.J. Walker had a great game against Tampa Bay. Maybe it's 
Maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe Tampa Bay is just horrible. Maybe they're terrible. But the Panthers, I don't know. I like there's way too much chatter out of the Falcons with Kyle Pitts and Drake London. And way too much chatter in the sense of they have no idea what to do with those players. And I was kind of shocked when they got both of them. I was shocked when the Atlanta Falcons didn't draft a quarterback, but they drafted Kyle Pitts. I was shocked when they drafted Drake London instead of like anything and anyone else. I was just like, and by the way, like Drake London is just not having a good season at all, which isn't a surprise to me because I was just like, I did not think that he was very good coming out of USC versus like Chris Olave, who has the most receptions by the by, out of his draft class. Jahan Dawson, who I think has the most touchdowns, and Garrett Wilson, who's been, like, better than better than uh, Drake London, but it hasn't necessarily been by, like, much. My point being is that I think the Falcons are in a really interesting place where they could potentially take the division right now with this game, with this win on Sunday. In a year where they should be tanking, but at the exact same time, again, maybe it's maybe I'm looking at this a little bit wrong. Maybe I'm looking at the Panthers beating Tampa Bay and putting a little bit too much stock on that because Tampa Bay isn't very good. But, I mean, somebody's got to upset somebody, and I think the Falcons will be upset by the Panthers, so we'll see what happens. We'll see. It's what, like when I saw this game, I was just like, I'm, I'm losing either way because it's two of the worst teams in the NFL playing against each other. Cardinals at Vikings. Another game that should go the Vikings way. I am taking the Cardinals. I'm taking the Cardinals. Uh, okay. Altuve's on base with like, it's the bottom of the ninth, two outs. five. It's still 5-5. Five, five. Like Altuve just got on base. So I'm like, all right. Okay. I was about to say, we're about to go to extra innings in the World Series in game one. So I was like, okay. Altuve just dropped his bat like he just hit a home run. And I was just like, okay. All right. Anyways, back to um, game day predictions. I think the Cardinals, I mean, first and foremost, they play like shit in the sense of like consistency. They're just so inconsistent. Kyler is just, Kyler is, once again, he's very similar to Lamar in the sense of, like, he is their most important player, and I think he is their best player, but he's just so fucking inconsistent, and I think that, yeah, they have Robbie Anderson, and they also have DeAndre Hopkins now with Rondell Moore, they have so many weapons, they remind me so much of Denver, but they just, for some stupid fucking reason, they don't know how to use them. Like, neither team, neither the Denver Broncos or the Arizona Cardinals have any idea how to use, like, awesome weapons, awesome wide receivers, and it shows. Because both of those teams should be winning way more football games than they are. But the Cardinals, I think they go on to the Vikings. I don't think the Vikings are... I don't think the Vikings, I think they're mediocre, but I think like they, I think they should be a better team. I think they should be a good team, but they're just like mediocre. But the Vikings, I think they lose on Sunday against the Cardinals. And then it's just like, oh, but like what happens? What What's going on with the Vikings? I don't know. I could be wrong because 
Kirk Cousins plays well outside of primetime games, but then he didn't play well a couple of weeks ago when he didn't have when he didn't have like a primetime game and it was just like it was against the Bears. Like they almost lost against the Bears a couple of weeks ago. And I was just like, this is like a perfect game for Kirk Cousins to play well in and he just he he didn't. But I'm taking the Cardinals over the Bears. Or not the Bears, but the Vikings. I am taking the Cowboys over the Bears, though. I'm shocked at how many people think the Cowboys think they're going to lose this game. And it's, again, because people like Justin Fields. It's, again, people, like, want him to win and want him to have success and da-da-da-da-da. The same people that were like, he's better than Trevor Lawrence. And it's just, no, he's not. But the Bears are in town against the Cowboys for the Cowboys' second game at home before their bye week. And then they go up against the Green Bay Packers in two weeks. And I think this will be a blowout. I said it last week. It wasn't as clean of a blowout. But I think it will be a blowout like it was last week. I don't think the Cowboys are in any trouble here whatsoever. For everybody that's like the Cowboys give up X amount of yards in the running game and the Bears are the quote-unquote best team in the running game, I don't really care. If Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, by the way, their defense is horrible, terrible, terrible. If Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, if Dak Prescott gets, if they get anything out of Dak, it's over and done with. The game is done. Because Justin... We'll have to throw the football, and he'll have to deal with Micah Parsons, which is obviously not a good idea, considering that I think he he probably has the most games this year with five sacks. That is insanity. How many times he gets sacked. And then we talk about, and then you can also talk about the amount of times he gets hit and also destroyed because he doesn't slide at appropriate times. It's insane how, how like, how he doesn't take care of his fucking body, man. And how he doesn't take care of himself. It's insane. Like, he'll get sacked. He'll get hit. He'll hold the ball. It's not holding the ball for too long, but he'll just do, like, stupid things. Like, not sliding. How does he not slide? It's so insane. And it's just, like, it's like he slides at, like, the last possible second instead of giving and it's just like bro you already have the first down you already have it you just need to slide in order to protect yourself because you're going to get smashed and he doesn't care and then it's just like you see him progressively as the game um uh continues just getting up slower and slower and slower and you're just like dude like this wouldn't happen if you fucking slid just slide I don't know. But I think Dak Prescott plays better. I mean, for the most part, he's always owned the Bears. I love how Bear... I love how... Uh, what's the name? Adam Rank. He I, Like, I'm so salty about this. He predicted that the Cowboys were going to lose to the Bears because the, the Cowboys have, uh, have quote-unquote, Cowboys. The Cowboys have, a, have always struggled against the Bears. And it's just like, they lost one game in 2019 and everybody wants to talk about how they struggle with the Bears. Meanwhile, Dak Prescott scored his first touchdown against the Bears in Dallas. Get over it. Dallas will probably beat the, not probably, Dallas will beat the Bears on Sunday, and I think it'll be another blowout, 
And I think Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys will probably get back to doing Dallas Cowboys type of things. And it will be very interesting to see just how good of a win it will be. Like how, maybe not good of a win, but like how they perform offensively. Because if their passing game is back, look out. Because Dallas could be probably the best team in the NFC. We'll see. Raiders at Saints. A trash can of a football game. I'm glad that I'm not watching. Thank God. I'm taking the Raiders because the Saints are just... Dennis Allen is a terrible head coach. And the Saints are in an absolute purgatorial mess where they don't have a quarterback. And it's like every single week they're like, do we play Taysom Hill? Do we play, do we play Jameis Winston? Do we play Andy Dalton? And it's just like, they're all bad options. And those are your quarterbacks if you're a Saints fan. Um, Raiders, they have Devontae Adams. They have Josh Jacobs. They have some players. But the Saints defense admittedly is really, really awesome. And they should be able to like slow down the Raiders. Plus they're playing the game in New Orleans, which I don't feel great on. I'm going to go in Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon whenever I record the podcast. I'm going to go on Tuesday and be like, Josh McDaniel should be fired if he loses this game. He is two and four. He should not be two and four. He should have a winning record. He has too many weapons. He's had too many opportunities. And I love how everybody was like, great hire after Josh McDaniels got hired. I'm like, no, it was a terrible hire. He shouldn't have been hired. Um, we, we've discussed the ridiculousness of Josh McDaniels. And it's just like, I feel validated and vindicated by just his horrendous performance as a head coach of the Raiders over the last uh, checks watch two months, which is a a joke. It's a joke that he's only won two games in two months. I'm like, fire him Tuesday morning. I'm like, for some guys, I'm like, be patient. But I'm like, I called that this was going to be a disaster. When he fucking got hired. I'm like, I'm loading up on Tuesday. If he loses, I'm going to be super annoyed. Steelers at Eagles. I don't know if TJ Watt is playing. I don't think he is. I like saw something about his injury or he was like on or off the injury report. I don't remember what it was earlier this week. I don't know if he's going to be playing. I think this game is a little bit of a trap to be honest with you for the Eagles. They've had two weeks to prepare against the Steelers. They're coming off of, once again, the Cowboys win. I think this can and should be a little bit of a trap for the Eagles. I think the Eagles can underestimate the uh, the Steelers here on Sunday. I mean, everybody can underestimate, you know, ex-football team. But I think, I think this game will be a lot closer than people think it is. Unless I'm just completely off the wall here. But Robert Quinn in Philly against the Steelers and Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is playing significantly better than I actually thought he is. His record doesn't show and his stats don't show it. But when you watch Kenny Pickett play, you're like, especially against the Dolphins, he's just outmatched. Like, Tua has better weapons, clearly. I think he has better protection. He has a better running game. He has better coaching. He has a better defense. And Kenny Pickett almost beat him. In, in Miami, too, on Sunday Night Football. And it's just like if Kenny Pickett had had one good series or a couple of good series, he would have won, and he would have gotten his team in a field goal range, and they would have kicked the field goal and gone up, um, you know, 13 to 16 or something like that. And then they could have strung together some really, really nice drives. 
Philly just hit a home run against the Astros, making it six to five. I don't know who I want to win. I don't. I hate the mojo in Philly where it's like Philadelphia is now like, like they have the Phillies, they have the 76ers who are playing like shit, of course. But then they not not the Philly. Yeah, they're they're called the Phillies, right? The Phillies. Yeah, the Philly the the Philadelphia Phillies, of course. But yeah, like the Phillies, they're playing pretty awesome. They're in the World Series, and Philadelphia is six and the Philadelphia Eagles are six and six and zero. Oh. Um, and they just went up six five in the tenth inning. So I'm like, but I hate the Astros. I hate the Astros, not because they cheated, but the pretentiousness at which they cheated. They're like, we didn't cheat. We didn't cheat. We didn't do anything wrong. And I'm like, you did cheat. Just say that you cheated, and let's move on. And then the and then the MLB being like, we're gonna defend the Astros, and it's just like. You motherfuckers are defending the cheating team when you guys now have made like the a mockery of the sport where you guys got where you where you have pitchers pulling down their pants like they're fifth graders at a urinal because they now have to be checked for foreign substance. Are you shitting me? How ridiculous are you people? I think it's absurd. But um Yes, the, the Phillies just hit a home run, and um, I, I think I'm probably going to root for the Phillies. Just because, God, man, the Astros are so annoying. And how annoying will Astro fans be if the Astros win in a year where they don't cheat? How annoying will they be? They'll be like, see, we told you we weren't cheaters. It's just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Anyways. Steelers at Eagles, as much as I think the Steelers can and should put up a pretty decent fight, I, I'm taking the Eagles because it's just like, duh. It's a stacked game in favor of the Eagles. They're at home. They've had a bye week. It should be, it should be a very, very easy game for the Steelers to lose. But um, I don't think they'll... I think the Bears and the Cowboys, for example... Should be a blowout in favor of the Cowboys. I don't think the Steelers and the Eagles game should be a blowout in favor of the Eagles. I think it's going to be a harder game for the Eagles than the Cowboys game against the Bears. But we'll see on Sunday. By the way, it's midnight. I mean, I know it's like we've got extra innings and stuff like that. For the Phillies game against the, um, the Astros. But it's just like, God damn. You guys couldn't figure out an earlier hour to put this game on? Jesus Christ. Anyways, Patriots at Jets. Um, not fooling me again, New England. Jets over the Patriots, which, ironically enough, the Jets, they haven't won a game against the Patriots in like six years, so. That's not good for the Jets. Or not for the Jets, but for the Patriots. But I mean, who do they start? The Patriots this Monday were like an absolute laughing stock to me. Losing to Justin Fields, losing against an inferior team, and then like trying to trot out Bailey Zapp and like being like, well, we're going to trot out Mac Jones first and then we're going to trot out Bailey Zapp. And all of their decisions this offseason have essentially come back to bite them in the ass against the Jets. So, or not against the Jets, but against the. Bears, and I think it'll be compounded against the Jets. Even though I think the Jets, aren't they without Elijah Vera Tucker for the entirety of the season? With like, didn't he like tear a tricep? He's just, he's just done? I'm not sure. I think that's how it goes, but 
Patriots at, at Jets. I'm taking the Jets. Titans at Texans, to me, is like a joke. The, the Texans are just done. Titans are probably going to win their division, even though they're beat up, they're banged up. I don't think they're very good, but their division has been very good. So, you know, congratulations. The Titans are the kings of the, uh, of the losers. So, Titans over Texans uh, this Sunday in Houston. So, we'll see what happens. Giants at Seattle. Taking Seattle. Taking Seattle. I've picked against the Giants for the last couple of weeks. I've been dead wrong. I'm not even going to say this is it. I was wrong on all of those other moments. This is it. I'm just, I'm going to be kind of like, kind of like uh, low-key about it. I'm like, look, you know, I've been wrong about the Giants for the last couple of weeks. I still think they're overrated. I think that'll pan out. And I think this will be one of those games where they demonstrate, yeah, we were overrated. We can't, I don't know. Like, I mean, just teams just aren't fucking closing the door against the Giants. It's so annoying to watch. Teams just be like, eh, we're not going to close the door against the Giants. We're not going to shut out games and close out games. And Geno Smith is playing surprisingly good for a quarterback who I did not think was like a starting quarterback in the NFL. So they may roll with Geno Smith long term, depending on how good he can play. Continue, Not continuing, but considering how good he has played. So. We'll see what happens with the uh, the Giants here this weekend. But I think Seattle, I mean, they don't have DK for, I don't even know how long he's out. But they won't have DK Metcalf this, this year, or not this year, but this weekend. We know that for a fact. But I still think Tyler Lockett is awesome, and I still think Kenneth Walker should be able to get the job done. And it's just like, just give him the ball 20, 30 times, and they'll figure it out. He's pretty awesome. Commanders at Colts. Yikes. Please. What what are my games this weekend? NFL football. I'm like, please tell me I don't have these games. This game. Please. Please. Tell me I don't have this. Okay, good. I don't. Thank God. Hold on. Let me. Do I have the Jacksonville game? No, I don't. I was about to say. I forgot about this. I, I was like, do I have the Jacksonville Jags versus the Broncos? No, I don't because ESPN, I guess in a, like in a bastion to like promote ESPN plus, does anyone use ESPN plus? I don't use ESPN plus, but I guess to like promote ESPN plus, they're like, yeah, let's have that game the Broncos and the Jags a game in which nobody wants to watch already and a game that nobody will watch because it's being held at like 9 30 in the morning like that game they're like yep ESPN plus and it's just like okay I'm like I would go after all of the ratings that I possibly can because you don't really have any people that are interested in watching that game, except for people that like me that have to fucking watch these games to like evaluate teams and things of that nature. So, you know, just a, just a thought. But I was talking about the commanders and the Colts. 
What a goddamn snooze fest. Oh my God. Two of the worst teams in the NFL going up against each other. The Colts are like, Matt Ryan is playing so terribly that we're going to roll out Sam Ellinger. I'll just take the Commanders, man. I hate the Commanders so much. They're a joke. But, I mean, they've played, quote-unquote, but I mean, I don't know. You know what? Shaq Leonard is supposed to play. You know what? I can't take, I can't take the Commanders. I'll take the Colts. They should, they're a better team. They're, it's so frustrating. Shaq Leonard is hurt or has been hurt for the majority of the season, he's supposed to play on like a pitch count this weekend, which doesn't make any fucking sense to me. He's a linebacker. He's like always going to be around the ball. And it's just like, is he healthy or not? But the Colts are so fucking terrible, they probably have to watch him back. And again, they're terrible. And they go up against the commanders, and I don't know who's going to win definitively. It's way closer, especially with the commanders like winning that last game against... Uh, the Packers, where it's just like now the Commanders have a little bit of momentum, but the Commanders, they fucking suck. They suck. Oh, my God, man, they're so bad. And it's just like they beat the Packers, and they're in the uh, not not necessarily the divisional race. They're three games behind Philly, but they're in the playoff hunt. It's insane how bad teams are playing this year. Speaking of teams that are playing bad this year, 49ers and the uh, and the Rams, man, three and three and three and four, 500 and below 500. But people are like the 49ers are the best team or one of the best teams in the NFC. Okay, sure. Oh, God. I mean, what a disappointment these two teams are after both of them were in the NFC championship game. What an absolute disaster, man. And I'll just keep it short. I don't think the 49... Again, I think the 49ers are a little bit of like fool's gold. I think the Rams are just not very good. I think both teams' second-round eliminations from the playoffs, max. Like, max. They're not going anywhere forward. Anywhere after that. Rams versus the 49ers, though, this weekend. Oh, my God. I have the Rams winning it. But the Colts, not the Colts, the um, the Niners. Like, the, the, it's, it's like I have the Rams winning it because I think, I mean, the Rams have had their bye week, and I love Sean McVay, and, you know, great coaches win coming out of bye weeks. But... The 49ers, not the 49ers, it has nothing to do with the 49ers. The Rams are just bad enough where they could give up a game like this. Or just like, it's a game where the Rams can and should win easily, very easily. And it's just like, the 49ers are, they have good enough players and good enough coaching where it's like they could subvert expectations and win on Sunday. But oh my God, these two teams are so disappointing and they're so frustrating. Just hate having to even like discuss them because they should be they should be just gone. Way too much talent. They're way too good up front. Maybe not up front, but they're they have way too many good players to be this bad to me at least. So 
49ers versus Rams. I remember, what was it? Aaron Donald had said, like he had, um, because they had played earlier this year, a reporter had asked him about Debo Samuel and he like played it off as if he didn't know him. And then the 49ers beat the Rams in San Francisco. And that ended that. So just like, oh, he's the guy that beat you. That's who Debo Samuel is. Packers, uh, Rams over 49ers. Packers at Bills. You're kidding me, right? Bills. Packers have been an absolute garbage dumpster fire organization in a trash can fucking team all year long. They'll go down three and five, but the way I have things right now, the Vikings will go down to the Cardinals. So the Cardinals, or not the Cardinals, the Packers can still potentially. I have all of the NFC North teams losing. I just realized that because most of them are very uh, aren't very good. But the Packers going up to Buffalo this weekend, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a house of horrors. House of horrors. It is. It's like, holy shit, like Josh Allen, Buffalo, Vaughn Miller, you know, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Kyra Lamb, no receivers for the Packers, and they're supposed to run the football against uh, the big boys up front for the Bills. Good fucking luck. I think this is it for Aaron. I mean, no, I don't. I don't think this is it. I've said that he's done. I've said that he's done for weeks. I think this is just going to be another indictment on Aaron. He's going to play like shit, and I think it's going to be over with by halftime. And I think the Packers' defense is obviously horrendous. Bengals at Browns. I remember people were, like, trying to hype this game up and be like, People don't know about the the Bengals. The Browns don't know about the Bengals. The Browns, they know about the Bengals. They know about the Bengals because I think the Bengals already beat them one time this year. The Bengals will probably beat them two times this year. And I think they'll extend their uh, their lead once again against the Browns. I I think the Bengals will beat the Browns because the the Browns are just fucking terrible they are terrible we'll see what happens this weekend though but bangles over browns i'm peacing out i'll see you tomorrow for music matters we'll talk about the new 21 savage drake album i haven't listened to a single track on it but we'll talk about it anyways can't wait to get into uh to the Sunday games, especially the Dallas game against the uh, the Bears. I can't wait for the Cowboys to destroy the Bears and for everybody to shut up about how, how oh, the Cowboys are going to lose. I, I cannot wait for that to happen. Anyways, I'm peacing out for tonight. I'll see you tomorrow. 24's podcast.